Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to Animals to the Max. Happy New Year. Oh, this is exciting. Oh my goodness. So basically, this is the last day of 2017, New Year's Eve. And I'm sitting here in my office right now, kind of just just kind of reflecting over what 2017 was. And it's just so crazy. This year has just gone by so incredibly fast. And, you know, just to be honest, I, I wasn't even thinking about doing a uh, podcast about this, but I, I ended up writing a blog at CorbinMaxi.com, a 2017 recap. And I kind of included my favorite memories, moments of, you know, of the year, TV appearances, animal encounters, etc. And I thought, you know what, I should really just do a podcast about it. Because this year was just so incredible and there's so many things that happened and I just really wanted to kind of talk about it. And so I just wanted to reflect on it. And so I'm currently, like I said, in my office, uh, New Year's Eve, I have a glass of champagne. It's actually like some weird rosé champagne we got from a local winery in Boise. So I'm trying to get that down, but uh, just I kind of want to sit back and just reflect on what the years has to offer. And so I'm going to kind of go through my blog. Let's see here, the 2017 recap here just to kind of go over because so many things happened and I mean including I started this podcast right we're on uh, episode six and I started this uh, a couple months ago so it's pretty exciting for me I have to say though uh, 2018 I plan on doing a lot more podcasts I find myself really really enjoying doing this so let's see so right now we're just gonna kind of go through the recap god it just seems like and I don't know if this is just because I'm getting older, but time just flies by so incredibly fast. I literally felt like it was January of, uh, I feel like January was like last week. It's just, just insane. So anyway, um, if you want to follow along, you can go to my website, CorbinMaxi.com, and you can uh, just click on the 2017 recap and you can kind of go through, I, I kind of put together some pictures and I have to say it, it this took a long time. When I first thought about doing, because every year I do kind of an end of the year blog. Uh, last year, 2016, I did my top 10 animal encounters. This year I thought, okay, why don't I just do the highlights of each month? And I thought, well, that'd be pretty simple. And uh, it turned out to be a lot more time consuming than I thought, because I had to go through all my photos and kind of sift through the ones and uh you know that i wanted to feature and so basically uh i tried to find uh the best ones i could regarding photos i had to go through like nine thousand photos which i understand if you're a wildlife photographer that's nothing but for me you know to sift through nine thousand photos of 2017 which 99.9 percent .9 of them were of animals um it was kind of hard to narrow them down so here we go so we're going to kind of start with january of 2017 this was incredible this uh, this was the first time in my career that I ever worked with birds solely on a national television spot, and so and if you've if you've read my uh, you know previous blogs, you know that birds were something. It's kind of a new passion that that has started with me. I mean, I when I first started working with animals, I'm gonna have to be honest. Birds were probably my least favorite, just because to me they seem boring. And I, I like I said, I'm not trying to offend all the bird people, but they just weren't my first choice when you work with animals. But now, they happen to be probably one of my favorites. And so, the reason why, I mean, there's such a variety of different birds, but the reason why I loved this appearance so much in January on the Today Show is we were able to exhibit new behaviors that had never been seen before on the show or really on national television. And so, instead of just having a bird on the glove and saying, oh, this right here is a great horned owl, or this right here is, you know, blah, 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 
these birds were actually flying around the studio exhibiting some insane behavior. So if you're wondering, okay, so where did the birds come from? Because if you follow me on my social media channels, you know the only birds that I have, well, I have my immune Napoleon, and then I have a 65-pound turkey with a bad heart condition, Tom. Then I have my chickens and then the ducks. But um, if you're wondering, okay, so you're in New York, you have all these exotic birds. A lot of people ask me, are they your birds, this or that? So I will let you know the answer. Basically, when I went back to New York, I teamed up with an organization backed east called uh, Animal Behavior and Conservation Connections. And so I was able to team up with one of the world's best bird trainers. His name is Fung Lu, and he has been doing this for years and years. I think well over 20 years, this guy just has his knowledge of birds is just just surpasses anyone else's I've ever met or actually spoken with and so he has a great connection with these birds and he basically has trained these exotic birds to exhibit these behaviors to educate the public and so for instance i'm just looking at my blog we had a rose-breasted cockatoo take a can a a a, a recycled empty can and fly a, a fly across the table and put it in a recycling bin just to demonstrate the importance of recycling we had Oh my goodness, a flock of 15 sun conures, literally a flock who are trained to fly on top of some uh, on top of people's heads. We actually put a safari hat on us, uh, uh, Chanel Jones. That was my first time working with Chanel Jones. Hey Chanel. And uh, we were able to like literally a flock of birds of the angers had no idea what was happening. Literally just landed on top of her head. Uh, we also had some fly to Dean Kang, the actor of course from Superman and then Al Roker. So it was just an incredible experience. Literally, birds took over the studio. Uh, it was funny. They actually flew up um, on the on the rafters. They flew up on you know on top of some of the camera guys. But the most amazing thing I found is like after the segment, yes, birds were you know flying over you know everywhere and on, on you know on top of cameras. But just afterwards, Fung was able to. Uh, they flew right back to Fung, and he was able to put them in their carriers, and we were off. And so, uh, very well trained birds and. It just really exhibited the intelligence of them. It was just just a really, really, really fun segment. And so um, definitely that was like January was the month for the birds. You can also see if you go to my blog website, I there's a picture of me. It's so funny. It looks like I'm, I'm pictured with Wally, the uh, Eurasian eagle owl from the World Center for Birds of Prey, which is located in Boise, Idaho. And so we were at a local radio station, Mix 106. And Usually before I have a large television appearance, I this is like kind of my good luck charm, knock on wood, but I will go to our local radio station, Mix 106, and kind of promote my national appearance. And so because I was working with birds exclusively, we decided to invite uh, the World Center for Birds of Prey on. So they brought an eagle owl. I think they brought a kestrel, a peregrine falcon. So just beautiful birds. But it's really funny because this eagle owl is like taking a look at my hair, which kind of looks like a toupee. And it's like, <laughs> like doesn't know what to do with it. Doesn't know if it's a rat, maybe a mammal. I don't know. So anyway, January was a really fun month for the birds. And I actually kind of in the blog, I posted clips of the segment just so you could see. Because this one truly was probably one of my top five favorite Today Show appearances. Just regarding the animals and how they exhibited those behaviors. So I really, really hope you enjoy that. And so now we're going to go back, let's see, February 2017 was a really unusual month. It was really unusual. It was very warm out here. And it was so crazy because I was going through my phone, going through my pictures, 
and I have pictures of Godzilla, my green iguana, like basking outside in his outdoor exhibit. I have Sonny, uh, you know, my 10 foot alligator basket outside. And I had to double check the dates. And I'm like, wait, this was February. So it was incredibly warm. Uh, the animals were outside. They were, you know, had access to their outdoor exhibits. And so if you are unfamiliar with where I live and where the animals live, we're located on the Snake River near Marcin, Idaho. So we have five acres. We have, uh, you know, two different outdoor animal buildings as well as outdoor yards and ponds. And so in the warmer months, you know, we'd like everyone to get outside. So the animals get outside, get the natural vitamin D3. Everyone likes some D3. And so, uh, you know, so we, uh, you know, the animals have their outdoor homes, but usually, you know, we start introducing them to their outdoor homes in, in the, excuse me, homes, <clears throat> need to clear my throat. We um, introduce them, you know, in their outdoor homes, usually around like April, late April and May. So to have them out in February was pretty exciting. So you can go to the, like I said, the blog, follow along, check that out. Okay. March. This was absolutely hilarious. So we were gearing up for another round of local promotion here in the Boise, Idaho area. So we had, we, uh, I had an appearance, uh, once again at Mix 106, the radio station in Boise and also the NBC affiliate KTVB. And so I teamed up with a local, uh, kind of educational outreach, um, I guess exotic petting zoo where, you know, people are able to have these hands-on encounters with exotic animals uh, called Babby Farms. And so uh, they've helped us out before. And so they decided to help us out kind of with this promotion. So they brought along Mowgli, which was a black-handed spider monkey and a binturong. Now, the thing with like, you know, I've worked with primates before, but their intelligence is just, I mean, it's just, just insane how intelligent these animals are. So Mowgli the monkey, I actually didn't even get to work with Mowgli. He, um, they took Mowgli out of his carrier and he completely latched on to my sister who was there with me for the day and latched on uh, to one of the uh, producers at Mix 106. His name is JD. And he literally would not let them go. He would not let them go. And if you tried to remove Mowgli, he would scream. And so we uh, obviously want to make, I mean, the animal's comfort is our number one priority. So that day in the radio station, literally a monkey took over the studio. And so if you go, <laughs> laughing so hard, if you go to my blog, and you look at this photo, my sister looks like she's about in tears because Mowgli has her hair. And then Mike Casper, the host of the Mixed Morning Show, is uh, cringing too. And then JD is like kind of looking. Anyway, it's just, it was so funny. And so, and uh, JD will remember this from the Mixed Morning Show. Mowgli um, had an accident. You know, everything. everyone poops. He had an accident. Anyway, Mowgli, um, I didn't say he didn't fling his poo, but basically something came off of Mowgli's hand. And anyway, it ended up landing in JD's mouth. This is a true story. JD ate monkey poo on that, uh, <laughs> on that mix 106 appearance. It was so funny. I remember saying, and this episode is sponsored by Listerine, uh, and you know, antibacterial soap. So what a crazy experience, but that was so much fun, uh, kind of working with Mowgli, and that was the last time my sister ever helped me out with a monkey, but it was super fun, and uh, it really, really was a great segment, and you know, it's so crazy, I've been doing radio, you know, with the animals for over a decade, and so many people think you're just nuts, because it's like, okay, it's radio, like, you, I mean, you can't see anything, and you know, years before Facebook Lives, and Instagrams, and Twitters, and Snapchats, that's how it was, but I find, you know, the, the listeners really enjoy it. You know, it, it's educational. It's definitely entertaining. And I think everyone really enjoys doing it. So that was really, really fun. And so I'm trying to go down. Oh, 
I, I almost forgot. So I was working with a binturong, let's see, that same morning on the KTVB set. And if you're unfamiliar what a binturong is, they're also called a bear cat. And their kind of closest relative, I, I guess, would be like a mongoose. They're kind of in the in the, in the the civet and genet family of old world carnivores. And so they're unusual animals, kind of look like a bear and a cat. You have a long prehensile tail. But the coolest part is they smell like buttery popcorn or Fritos. And it's just so, it's so insane because each individual is different. I've worked with some that smell more like Fritos, some that smell more like hot buttered popcorn. But I remember this moment because I have this picture of this binturong on my shoulder. And this is an arboreal mammal. So they're from Southeast Asia. They live in the trees. And, you know, I thought nothing of it just to have this binturong on my shoulder. Just let it crawl around. And anyway, it tore up my back so bad. Like I, it was, so, it was, my back was on fire. And I just remember thinking, okay, everything's fine. You know, when you work with animals, you get bit, you get scratched, but oh my goodness. So I remember I, I lifted up my shirt so everyone else could see and everyone's like, oh, like, you know, freaking out. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal until someone took a picture of it and showed me. And my back looked like I fell through some barbed wire, like five or I don't know, five, six, 10 different times. It was really bad. But anyway, it's definitely worth it to work with the Bentrong. Super cool. But uh, note to self, next time I work with the Bentrong, I will be wearing double layers, not a uh, not a thin shirt like I did. So anyway, March was really exciting doing local promotion on Mix 106 KTVB. Just a side note, I always love visiting that radio station and also KTVB, our local NBC affiliate, because that's really where I got my start working in media with animals on, you know, TV and also on the radio. And so um, it's so nice going back. And anyway, I appreciate everyone's support and, and you know, and them kind of following my journey working with animals, especially since um, on a national level. So let me <clears throat> clear my throat, have a sip of champagne. Cheers, by the way, if you're listening to this, mm. grab yourself a cup of champagne or a cup of water, tea, coffee, whatever follow along. Okay. So, uh, March at the end, uh, went back to the today show and, uh, you know, what's so, I, I love the today show so much because you never know really who you'll be working with. And so they have a lot of guest celebrity co-hosts that will come on. And anyway, this time around, it was with Ken Jong, who, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Ken, he is Mr. Chow from the hangover movies. I like literally could not believe it. And the only picture I have of Ken is like him jumping out of that trunk. And anyway, you guys know the, you guys know that scene if you're a fan of the Hangover movie. So Ken was a super nice guy. Uh, once again, for this appearance, we always tried to do, every time I do a Today Show spot, we always try to do something different. So we never try to repeat the same thing. And so uh, this time around, I worked again with Fung Lu from Animal Behavior and Conservation Connections, but I also teamed up with the Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. It's one of just a beautiful aquarium. And uh, I wanted to show, you know, animals that had unique adaptations. And so not only were we able to exhibit some beautiful birds, we were able to exhibit this great behavior. So this macaw, and this is insane. You can actually go to go to my blog. I know I've said that like 10 times, but if you go to my blog, you can look at the photos and follow along. I'm, 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 I'm um, under March right now. Apparently I have a stuttering problem, but um, if you go right now uh, to my blog, I believe that's a moo, that's a um, that's a macaw, and it's putting a dollar in a conservation box, uh, basically raising money for conservation. This is just these birds are so so intelligent. I just I mean just every time I work with Fung and see his birds, I'm just just blown away. So we were able to exhibit that behavior, raising money for conservation to save the rainforest. 100% of the proceeds actually go to 
those conservation efforts. But anyway, so we were able to exhibit that, but we were able to do something that I always dreamed of, and that was bringing sharks on the Today Show. Now, when I first started my career, you know, working with animals and, you know, the majority of my national TV appearances in my younger days were of my own animals. And so I got my start with my rescued reptiles and those are the animals I worked with. I would look at some other people who did the same thing, you know, that I was doing, you know, people that I used to look up to, Julie Scardina, who used to be the SeaWorld ambassador for SeaWorld and Bush Gardens. She used to do the Tonight Show, the Today Show. I always remember watching her back in the day and she'd be bringing on sharks and like stingrays. And I was like, what? Like, how do you (laughs) like sharks and stingrays in New York City? Like, how do you do that? And so it's so weird that now I figured out actually that it is possible. And so I was able to work with the Adventure Aquarium and we brought on walking sharks, epaulette sharks. These sharks walk literally out of the water. They use their pectoral fins to walk on the bottom of like, you know, tide pools and they'll eat, you know, crustaceans, uh, sea worms, etc. you know, small fish, but it is so insane, like a walking shark, super cool. And uh, another unusual thing were the uh, sea anemones, the upside, or excuse me, the upside down jellyfish, I'm sorry, uh, which you could not touch because you would get stung, that would not be good and all that type of fun stuff. But if you're wondering how in the world do you transport sharks, because that's kind of what I was really, really interested in, you know, thinking how did they get sharks in Studio 1A? It's in, you know, Midtown Manhattan. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, weeks of preparation. And uh, once again, the animals, you know, safety and the health, that's the number one concern. And so basically the Adventure Aquarium comes, they have this giant van that comes all of the, the animals arrive um, in these giant water tanks. They have oxygen, of course. Uh, they have uh, lead aquarists to make sure that the oxygen levels are good. The animals are happy and healthy and safe. And then on set, we have aquariums that are um, kind of basically put up to where uh, we move the animals into the aquariums right before the segment. We do the segment and then the animals are taken directly back to their water tanks. And so it's a very uh, quick process. And anyway, the animals, it really goes over flawlessly. So Anyway, it was just amazing to bring on sharks. So, incredible segment. Uh, like I said, definitely check it out, and I included that too. But special thanks once again to Fung Lu and also to the Adventure Aquarium, who never disappoint. It was an awesome segment. So, as we go down, oh goodness, I'm looking, let's see, April. Oh, wow. So, April, springtime around uh, the uh, Snake River area where we live, and it is like basically springtime. The wildlife out here is insane. And so I come across so much wildlife. I try to get out and jog. And that's usually when I, you know, come across like a lot of snakes. I'll also come across our native turtles out here. So we only have one native species of turtle. And that is a painted turtle. And they're beautiful. I mean, if you look at their shell, um, it's just absolutely beautiful. These beautiful red colors and yellow colors. And so I found one crossing the road. Actually a fairly nice sized adult. And so I'm assuming this animal had to have been 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. And so I was able to, you know, happily move him so he did not become roadkill. And so we're able to put him in a pond and uh, where he could hopefully find a mate. And I'm assuming that's what 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 this turtle was doing. I believe it was a male um, just kind of due to the tail length. Usually the males will have longer tails and uh, they'll also have longer claws to kind of impress the females, a flashman from the female. So I'm pretty sure that this was a male turtle. And I believe in the spring, they will kind of disperse and go out, you know, to other ponds and try to find females. So super cool. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the pictures. We have gopher snakes. Oh my goodness. Gopher snakes. Mm. So 
it's such a problem out here. So I live in a very rural area, like I said, um, near Marcin, Idaho. I'm on the Snake River. And so on old Bruno Highway or Highway 78, it is a death trap for gopher snakes. I mean, it's just a death trap. It just makes me sick. I almost, I love the springtime, but it almost like, once I start seeing all these snakes hit on the roads, it just makes me just cringe. I just, oh, it just makes me sick. So I try to get out there early enough and I try to remove as many snakes as I can. I'll tell you what, I removed dozens of them this April. There were so many of them on Old Bruno Highway. Um, it's been to the point where I've like had to slam on my brakes, my coffee spilling all over my seat. I mean, just just to try to save these snakes from being roadkill. And so the people just hit them. It just, I just, oh, I just, I just wish they would definitely break for these guys. I mean, they're so good for the environment out here. I mean, like I said, I'm in a rural area. We have tons of mice and, you know, uh, you know, other animals people consider pests and these gopher snakes take care of it. And they're just great to have along your, really on your property. So anyway, um, I definitely saved a lot of those, uh, a lot of gopher snakes. If you take a look at the photo that I posted on the blog, I'm like driving and it's so funny. I'm like, it's awkwardly. I'm driving with like one hand on the steering wheel, one hand has a snake and then somehow I got a photo. So definitely don't try that at home. Um, yeah. So, oh, let's see here. April. Oh, and what also happened the spring we had one of the most unusual animal rescues that I've ever participated in. And that was of an injured beaver. And so I was looking outside. It was in the morning. It was pouring rain. It was a spring rain and I was drinking my coffee and I noticed something in my backyard and this big brown, you know, lump. And I thought, what in the world? And it looked like a groundhog. And I was like, this is different. I went out and it was a beaver that had been injured. And I knew it was injured because the behavior was not right. First of all, I was able to actually go up to the beaver, directly up to it. A, a, a healthy, normal, healthy beaver would never allow you to go up and just check it out. It would, you know, retreat right back into the water or go into its den. This is, you know, like I said, this, this animal, uh, it would just... The, I just knew by looking at it that this animal was severely injured. And then upon looking even closer, he had really, really, really bad injuries. And so if you follow my social media channels, you'll know that I, you know, did the whole Facebook lives and I tried to update people. I actually, with the help from my neighbors, CJ and Megan, thank you so much for helping me out. They helped me uh, move the beaver. We moved it into, I have a large outdoor kind of garden shed. And so we put the beaver there and I, you know, I put together, I got a little kitty pool and I, I collected some aspen and some willow and tried to feed him. And Mr. Beaver, that's what I nicknamed him, started eating. And I thought things were going to, you know, be, you know, things were going to be great. And I was going to be able to release this beaver. And it just turned out to be worse. And I feel like I'm like bringing everyone down listening to this podcast, but this is kind of what happens when you, uh, work with animals, animal rescue. If you listen to my, my uh, great horned owl story, you'll kind of get the gist. But uh, back on to Mr. Beaver, basically he was just too far gone. We had an expert come out. I had my own personal veterinarian come out, Dr. Coop from the Idaho Humane Society who takes care of our animals. And it was just determined this beaver had to be euthanized. It just was so, so badly injured. His injuries were full of maggots. And anyway, hopefully no one's listening to this over breakfast, but it was pretty bad. But uh, I was, I'm happy that I was able to find him and uh, be able to kind of, I mean, I would hate to, this animal would have suffered. Like it, it, you know, it literally probably would have starved to death or would have been, you know, killed by coyotes or dogs. And it could have even been attacked by 
either a dog or um, I talked to my good friends at Animals in Distress and apparently beavers are very, very aggressive towards each other. So this could be the situation where this is a territorial thing and this beaver was just, just beat to hell. So sadly, that's kind of what happened. But that said, uh, that was a very interesting part of spring just with the wildlife. And so right now I'm going to, oh, okay. So now we're on to May. Look at that, May. And for those of you, please do not cringe. <laughs> if you see, if you're following along, May, we welcomed a brand new animal ambassador. Mm -hmm. That is right. We welcomed a rose hair tarantula, which I have to say does not have a name. So if you have any name suggestions, please email them to me. Go to my website or email them to me at info at corbinmaxi.com. I tried to name her after uh, my fiance, Samantha, but that, yeah, anyway, that didn't work out very well. That was a fight. So uh, anyway, so we welcomed a, a tarantula. And then uh, if you take a look, we also, I, re I rescued three ducks. There's only two you can see in the picture that I'm holding them, but I found uh, three little <laughs> baby ducklings that were separated from their mom after a storm. I found them in our cow pasture and they were running around like these little dots. And so Anyway, I was able to rescue those. We uh, took them in for several months, kind of, you know, raised them, fed them, whatever. And then we actually, re they re released them back into the wild. So, which is a super cool story. So let's see, I'm kind of going down to May. And I apologize if I'm talking so much. Am I looking at the time thinking, oh my gosh, I'm seriously giving you guys a <laughs> word by word <laughs> like description of every picture. So I'll try to speed it up a little bit. But I guess if you're still listening, then you are interested in this kind of stuff. But you could take a look. I brought that new tarantula to my friends over at KTVB. Oh my gosh, this is just hilarious. So Maggie O'Mara, Doug Petcash, they host Today's Morning News. It's a number one rated news show here in Boise. They are just fantastic. And I love, I love working with them. And it's so funny because so Maggie O'Mara is the first person, or excuse me, the first anchor I ever worked with on television at 14 years old. Um, right before I, I went on The Tonight Show, we did our local NBC affiliate KTVB, and she was an anchor, and so I just basically have a history of, I, and I don't even mean to do this, but the history of just scaring the crap out of her. So, And it's so funny, the, the last few years, every time I come into KTVB, Maggie, for some reason, is always on vacation. She's always like, oh, she's not in the office. You know, we have a fill-in. We have a sub. And so I'm so happy that I actually caught her. Uh, I, I, I caught her on a day she was in. So we brought, not only did we bring the tarantula. Let's see. She looks like she has one of my ball pythons, Nico, around her neck. Looks like Doug Petcash is holding on to Hank. Or excuse me, Littlefoot Arsalcata tortoise. So that was super fun. And we were there uh, during their sweeps period. But also we were there to promote the Today Show. So promote our third appearance of the Today Show, which was in May. Super fun appearance. So once again, love going on KTVB. So here we are scrolling down. May, we went back. Uh, I guess I went back on the Today Show. And this was, this is just such an awesome appearance. So this appearance <laughs> was basically to kind of talk about animals who could beat the heat. And so I teamed up with a great team at the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium. They are just Beth and Tracy are just fantastic. I love working with them. And uh, they brought some animals, and it was just so much fun. We brought a fennec fox with those big, big ears that help dissipate heat. We brought a pancake tortoise that is literally as flat as a pancake. Super cool, but it's like the fastest tortoise in the world, which is <laughs> like when you think of tortoises, you think, okay, you know, how fast can it go? But this is a fast tortoise, and its shell is flexible. 
so they're able to actually squeeze in between rock crevices and they're able to um it's very flexible so that's how they kind of evade predators in africa so super cool an armadillo uh, another binturong so that was a super fun uh really really fun appearance that was the first time it looks like i worked with dylan dreyer the uh super nice the uh, today show anchor and then of course al roker who's always fun so i just gosh it's so much fun doing that so Love doing these appearances. And once again, thank you to the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium for helping out. Let's see, I'm going down here. Oh, and like I said, you can watch all these appearances. That I'm just looking at this picture. That tortoise, just, they are so cool. And I think his name was Flapjack. <laughs> like, what a perfect name for a pancake tortoise. Okay, so, ooh, oh, this is, I act like I haven't seen these. This is kind of cool, though. So I'm looking at June right now, summertime, my favorite time, just out at the river with the animals. Everyone's outside, basking, sunshine, you know, enjoying the weather. I'm looking because we basically, this is a major milestone for us. We were able to put cabin siding on our outdoor animal buildings. And so my dad and I did it. We actually built both of these buildings and I'm so happy. He, uh, you can tell, yeah, they look like, you know, you and your dad made them, but, um, I'm so happy that we, we, you know, he taught me how to do this. So I'm able to build buildings for my kids. And, you know, I love building exhibits and stuff like that um, on my downtime. So, so happy that he's taught me how to do that. But we put the cabin signing on. So literally the animals live in these mini cabins that I'm pretty sure we could, uh, <laughs> we could rent out on Airbnb, but they're super cool. If you haven't seen it, just kind of go and check out the photos. They're um, pretty nice. Um, we also, oh, so I remember it was very unusual. So we moved Chompers. She's my American alligator. She's around six feet long. I've had her since 2009. If you're unfamiliar with Chompers, she was a rescue. So I got her um, out of Twin Falls. And she was like a little bit bigger than a pencil when I got her. And some guy had given it uh, to his fiance as an anniversary present. And so alligators are illegal to keep in Idaho. And long story short, I ended up with Chompers. So um, she grows every year and they grow incredibly fast. And so every year before I move chompers into our outdoor enclosure, I always like to get a photo with her. And so, um, God, she's getting so big. It's so crazy. Like, it's so weird to look every year and you, you know, you're around her every day and you don't see it. But then you look back at the, some of the pictures when she was as big as a pencil and you're just like, Oh my gosh, it's gotten so big. So anyway, so she was, uh, we, we put her outside she's usually outside uh, may through october but for some reason i remember that it was actually getting pretty cool it was very cool in may this year it was interesting because in february it was warm but then may it got pretty cool so she was out a few weeks later than usual but she's um she lives in an outdoor pond with a waterfall and all that type of fun stuff in the summertime so always a fun time for us here and let's see here also in june oh this was fun gosh this was so much fun so oh. Taking a sip of champagne. Cheers, everybody. Um, we were able to tour kind of southwestern Idaho and promote summer reading programs, kind of summer reading for kids and for the adults and audiences. And this was so much fun. So the top one, I'm at the Twin Falls Municipal Band Show. And it was a huge, a big turnout. They didn't even expect this many people. It was a great turnout. And um Anyway, it was such a good time. Everyone coming out to learn about animals and also a great message to uh, promote summer reading. So good time. I'm also looking down here. Uh, there's a picture. I'm holding a baby raccoon and a coyote, a baby coyote. 
This was such a cool experience. I've worked with raccoons before, but never coyotes. Uh, excuse me, coyotes. <clears throat> Um, so if you're wondering, okay, how did you get a baby raccoon? How did you, how did you get a coyote? So, um, I worked with my very good friends from the animals distress association, excuse me, animals in distress association. And, uh, basically this is a great rescue organization that takes in native wildlife here in Idaho. They rescue, they rehabilitate, and then all the animals are released back into the wild. And so every now and then we're able to work with them and they have maybe raccoons, maybe foxes, skunks, or coyotes. And so this was super cool to to go on Mix 106 Radio, to go on and basically talk about these animals that a lot of people here think are pests. I mean, people poison, trap, and shoot raccoons, and especially coyotes. And they're really... Uh, really interesting animals and I, you know and this is why I kind of do what I do I like I I like to think that I'm I'm a voice for the animals and if I can change like one person's perception of a coyote or you know if I could prevent someone from killing another raccoon then I think I've done my job because they're really really neat creatures and they're so beneficial especially for us in the ecosystem and I just coyotes it just makes me so sick people just trapping and killing and poisoning them but they're excellent for rodent control i mean they've been around they've been in north america for thousands of years and uh they're just really really interesting um you know same with raccoons so i know they can be pests i have chickens and honestly i we've lost back in the day we've lost chickens to raccoons we've also lost chickens to foxes i don't think we've had coyotes but um, we just have to learn to coexist with these predators. I mean, so we put our chickens up at night. We have, you know, a uh, fence or mesh underneath their, uh, you know, un under the ground to prevent them from digging in. And um, we're able to coexist. We haven't had any issues. So super cool. Happy I was able to work with those animals. Let's see here. Oh, July. I forgot what it was like when it was warm. It's so funny. I'm like looking outside my office window and it's snow and cold. And anyway, it's weird to to see myself in a in a kayak on the river but july was once again a great time i if you are following along uh, on my blog you can take a look so napoleon my emu they're from australia the second largest bird in the world and you know a lot of people associate them with being a desert animal which they are found in the deserts but a lot of people do not realize that these animals love water i mean they love it and so it, it's so crazy. And, you know, they'll actually swim in Australia. They're, they'll swim. They're great swimmers across rivers and stuff to to reach, you know, to reach other parts of the area for food and all that type of good stuff. But uh, Napoleon loves the water. So in the summertime when it's 100 degrees, I'll turn on the water hose. I'll spray him down and he'll just sit under it. He'll yawn. He'll put his He'll flop over on his back, and I'm not kidding. He'll put his legs up in the air, and it was so. I was I was looking at Facebook, and I saw this viral video of an emu doing the exact same thing Napoleon does, and I thought, oh my gosh, if I just thought that an emu kicking his feet up in the air, like playing in water, would get like 30 million views, like who knew? So, yeah, you know, note note to self: this summer, 2018, we'll try to get a viral video of Napoleon doing that, but super awesome. Um, also you could see a picture of me and my pit bull Zoe dressed up for the 4th of July. I'm sure she loved that bandana. Anyway, she hated it. So, uh, anyway, super cool. So this, so we're back on the today show. Let's see at the end of July, this was such a fun appearance. This was the first time I worked with my friends from the Turtleback Zoo in Essex County. 
um, in uh, West Orange, New Jersey. I've been to the zoo before in 2009. But this is the first time I actually worked with them on a national appearance, and they were awesome. Uh, you know, shout out to Mike, Caitlin, um, Aaron, just everyone, Chad, everyone who uh, who just really helped out. It was a super fun team. We were able to bring on some really, really neat animals, a penguin. I love penguins. I mean, penguins are just, oh my gosh. I love penguins. I love them, I love them, I love them. So we brought on a penguin, um, African penguin, which actually are in danger. There's less than 70,000 left in the wild. So a great ambassador for the species. We brought on a Bennett's wallaby who was still in the pouch, a tamandua. Okay, we need to talk about the tamandua. So the tamandua, it was, this is so funny. So we were on a Friday on the Today Show and they had a band and oh my gosh, oh, my mind is in a blank right now, but the band was playing. It was a very, very popular band. Anyway, the Tamandua, I'm gonna have to be honest, it smells like marijuana. So I walked in and it literally, it smelled like someone had just lit up a joint. <laughs> I am not trying to be funny, I'm being serious. It smelled like someone had just lit up a joint and was walking through the Today Show studios, down to the green room, down to, you know, to where all the food is, to the breakfast food. And I thought, oh my goodness. And so, <sighs> so we thought it was the band that was doing it. And it turns out it was the Tamandua. It is a, it's, it's also called a lesser anteater and they're from South America. And you guys, I'm telling you what, the stench, <laughs> it's recognizable. And so, but it was a super cool, I think the Tamandua's name was Gus, but uh, yeah, the Tamandua arrived before us. So that's why the whole building smelled like that. But even people, I remember we went, we, you know, we, we took the animals into the studio and like one of the camera guys looked over and said, Mark, is that you? Like, <laughs> no idea. Oh, but this was actually the Tamandua. Okay. So I just looked it up. It was Fitz in the Tantrums, which I'm a huge fan of. For some reason, I just completely, just completely, uh, space their name. So, uh, super cool. Once again, it wasn't the band. It was Gus, the Tamandua that smelled like that, but I have to talk about the celebrity that was on. The co-host was Tyra Banks. It is so weird. When you grow up, you never think, I mean, well, I never thought that I, I would be doing what I'm doing right now, working with animals on TV. I never thought that, you know, was what I was going to do. But there's some people you just never think you're going to be working with. And Tyra Banks is one of them. We come from complete opposite world. She is a superstar, a model, a big celebrity. And so anyway, it was super crazy. But so I found out I was working with Tyra Banks and I was so excited. And it turns out she is not an animal person at all. I actually, I, I did my research and I looked up, uh, she had her show, the Tyra Banks show, and she had on an animal expert, Jared Miller. And Jared was trying to show her some animals and she wanted nothing to do with it. So I thought, okay, that was several years ago. Maybe, just maybe, maybe, maybe Tyra, uh, you know, has gotten more accustomed to animals. She has a son now. Maybe she's more, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think it only got worse, her, uh, her fear of animals. She was terrified of everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Like we had a baby wallaby in a pouch draped around my neck. And we thought, my producers and I thought, oh my goodness, this would be great. Tyra can put this pouch around her neck and then, you know, we could do the segment. And anyway, she wanted nothing to do with it. Although I do give her props. She did bottle feed the wallaby. She didn't want to do it, but she did it. So thank you, Tyra. Um, I also have to say something. 
she was so incredibly nice. Uh, you know, sometimes it is disappointing when you work with certain celebrities and I'm not going to go into that, but you know, you do run into some celebrities who aren't as nice as you'd hope they would be or who are kind of more into themselves and this and that. But Tyra was so nice to the whole zoo team. She posed for pictures. She just was really, really nice to work with. And so Thank you, Tyra, for being like that. I was really, really happy you were like that. So um, but once again, it was a really, really funny segment. Uh, definitely check it out. I mean, if you, like I said, I, I posted the segment below, but it is a really funny one. The one thing <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking, um, oh, we also had a special guest uh, host, uh, Keir Simmons, who is the international, I believe, uh, NBC correspondent. He's a super nice guy. So that was the first time I worked with Kier. But I'm looking at this photo because Tyra has her arms around Kier holding on to him because she is terrified that this eagle owl is just going to take off. And so <laughs> what, was, what was so crazy is it always happens. I feel like this happens is like the best stuff happens like when the cameras turn off or right before they're about to come on because this eagle owl literally took off and flew to the top of the screen and Tyra freaked out, of course, the cameras had turned off. We had filmed our segment, but super fun. Uh, once again, awesome time working with the Turtleback Zoo team and Kier and Tyra Banks and, of course, Chanel Jones, who's always lovely to work with. So, okay, and you can look at that. So August, oh, wow, I forgot about that. Taking a look, uh, I kind of went around. I was able to take my future mother-in-law uh, to uh, Shoshone Falls, which was super nice, uh, in uh, near, I guess, in Twin Falls, Idaho, beautiful. They call it the Niagara of the West. And I have to, I feel really embarrassed to say this. I had never been, I've, you know, born and raised in Idaho, 28 years, had no idea that we had this waterfall that was just as spectacular as Niagara Falls. So super cool. I'm also going down. That was, oh, that was the eclipse. That was fun. I, uh, yeah, that was actually super, super fun right there. And let's see. Oh, and then we have Hank's first day of kindergarten. So I know this looks like so cheesy. So what happened is I was on Facebook just scrolling through and it seemed like everyone and their mom was posting a photo of kids with their signs, you know, right before they go to school. Like, you know, like this is, this is, this is Becca and her favorite food is, I don't know, string cheese. And she wants to be a hairstylist one day. I mean, like everyone was posting about their kids and they had these signs up and all this Pinteresty kind of crap. And I thought, okay, this would be funny to do like a parody of this. And so that's why I posted this photo of my tortoise, Hank, and Hank's first day of kindergarten. And so I had a little board that uh, my fiance had from a little Hawaiian, uh, like a little um, Hawaiian party. And I, with chalk, I wrote down Hank and I said, it's his first day of kindergarten. His favorite color is red, which is true. His favorite food is grass. Yes, he loves grass. He's like a little lawnmower. And he is seven years old, so almost kindergarten age. I mean, he's a little, maybe Hank got held back one year, so he, he would be an old kindergartner. And when Hank gets older, he wants to be a bulldozer. So. I thought that was funny. Thank you for those of you who thought it was funny too. It wasn't serious for those of you who thought, oh, this is, wow, this is insane. So thank you. Okay, so let's go back on here to September. This, oh my goodness. I'm just looking at this. And by the way, um, I feel like every time this year, I have to say, was a very amazing, just, just a great year on the Today Show. Um, it just was a record number of appearances, and I thank the producers, 
just the show, the anchors, everything, because it really was just a spectacular year. Um, and so September, we geared up Labor Day for the Today Show. And once again, uh, we teamed up with our friends from the Turtleback Zoo. And this, oh my gosh, you know, this is like, I, I, I've worked with animals for over 15 years and, but there are some encounters that you just cannot get over. And I'm telling you what, this was one of my favorite encounters of 2017. And that was working with Albert Einstein, the two-toed sloth from the Turtleback Zoo. You folks, this was the, first of all, I've worked with sloths before. This was the biggest sloth I have ever seen in my life. His gut, I mean, it looked like he just... It looked like he just gained the college 15. Like this, this sloth was huge. And he was, uh, I believe he was 27 years old. So this was one of the oldest sloths I've ever worked with. And he was so much fun. So if you look at the photos, you can see I am just, I'm just in awe of this sloth. I'm just holding him backstage in our little green room area. And then on the set, we were just having such a good time. He, sloths are just so curious. And so, and of course, so I'm, I'm holding him. He has his, he has his, uh, <laughs> his legs, you know, wrapped around my waist and he's reaching over to Al Roker to try to grab him. And this was just such a fun segment. So awesome time with Albert Einstein. We also, this was insane, brought on a tin wreck, um, which is so, oh, oh there's Zoe, my dog. Thanks, Zoe. <laughs> you know, I thought I would get through September without uh, her barking at absolutely nothing. It's okay, Zoe. Anyway, don't mind that. Welcome to Animals to the Max. So we were able to bring on a Tenrec, which looks like a hedgehog, but it's not even remotely related to a hedgehog. It's more closely related to an elephant. These facts, that fact just blew my mind. And this is like the type of stuff when I'm going through trying to figure out what I'd like to talk about on the show, putting together the talking points, discussing them with, you know, with my producer. These are the type of facts that I want to share with the 3 million people watching. Like, Look at this animal. It looks like a hedgehog, but you know what? Not even related to a hedgehog. It's more closely related to an elephant. Or hey, did you know sloths only poop once a week? Like how convenient. So super, super cool uh, facts. And it was really cool to bring a Tenrec on the show. So we also welcomed a new German Shepherd puppy. His name is Ren and he has ears that could rival a fennec fox. His ears are massive. <laughs> like <laughs> he looks like Dumbo. It is insane. I'm happy to say Ren has grown into them, but um, we did welcome a new family member, and he is he's uh, quite the handful. That's all I'm going to say. We'll do another podcast about Ren, but super cute puppy, but quite the handful. He's an active little fella. So let's go into October, which fall is, I would probably say, one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, just I just love the colors of the trees and the river. Um, we welcomed a new animal ambassador, probably the cutest thing you've ever seen. His name is Herman. He's a little bit bigger than a 50 cent piece. And well, I, I guess, boy, I, I guess two 50 cent pieces, but he is, uh, about three inches long and he's a little three toe box turtle. So he, he came to us and oh my goodness, cute little thing. Can't wait to introduce him to our programs. And so we also, let's see, I'm kind of going through here, kind of skimming. Oh my goodness, we've already went on for 47 minutes. Wow, okay, so trying to kind of speed this up along here. We also did a Halloween event at the Village of Meridian. It was a massive crowd. I had no idea what to expect. I It was the first time that we appeared at the Village, and it was just a, just a great crowd, and 
it was so cool to be able to, you know, share the animals with everybody, to educate everybody. But it was so awesome to work with this one volunteer. I always pick up like a couple volunteers to help me out with our large 13-foot python, Sher Khan. He's an albino Burmese python. And so this one lady, I saw her at the very beginning and she was wearing this like giant cheetah or leopard coat. And anyway, I just thought, okay, I'm picking this lady. Like, why would you wear that to an animal show? I'm sure it was fake, but I thought it was funny. But I picked her. And I am not kidding. You have to look at the photos. It looks like her eyes are going to come out of her head, like of her skull. It's like when she's holding Shere Khan, she is freaked out. I'm sure she said a few cuss words. This was a family event. So I just was just, I just dying laughing. So that was a super, super, super fun time in October for sure. Okay, November. This I mean, I'm being serious, it's probably one of my favorite months. I had this like crazy epiphany. I really wanted to start some new projects. First of all, I, you know, I, I've done a lot of television work regarding like national TV segments, but I have not, I haven't produced anything or filmed anything like a behind the scenes webisode series for over nine years. And it's actually, it's so embarrassing. I go back. It actually was even hard to go back. I, I kind of want to take the videos off YouTube, but it's like, you know, whatever. Keep them on there. They're young. It's vintage. But I go back nine years and I'm like, hi, I'm Corbin Maxey, the reptile guy. This is Scooter. Like, it's just like, I'm like, I'm just cringing. But anyway, I realize I have not done a webisode or a YouTube video in so many years, nine years. It was time to do that. So I uh, I just decided, you know what? I want to start a little mini web series, just a behind the scenes, fun, just factual thing that maybe, you know, people would enjoy. And so I've had so much fun doing that. As I, let's see, record this, I believe we have four or five webisodes out now. They're on YouTube, also CorbettMaxi.com, but they've been just so much fun. And I've loved just the reaction. I have to thank um, my, I guess my photographer or the person who's helping me put these together, Danny Leffler, who's a fantastic editor. She's a friend. She's been a family friend for years and she's very talented. And so thank you, Danny, for putting up with me and thank you for filming. I think the first day we filmed for almost like eight or nine hours. And so thank you for, uh, just everything. You do a fantastic job. I also want to thank my fiance, Samantha, my sister, Micah, for helping me out and kind of filming some of the angles and it's been such a fun project. So, but November, I have to be honest, is when I decided to do a podcast. And I am so happy I did. Um, I'm so happy I did. I'm so happy. And this was something, I'm, I'm going to have to be honest. Everyone always said, you should do a podcast or, you know, blah, you know, this and that. And I'm thinking, okay, that sounds great. But I never looked into it. It just sounded like, okay, that's fine. But I never even like really listened to a podcast. Like what's a podcast? And then I started one day, I was tired of music and I listened to a podcast because I was missing Africa and I listened to this great podcast. And I thought, oh my goodness, I would love to do this. And so it took, like I said, it took, you know, it took a little bit, took some research, but I finally figured out everything. And so happy to say that I, you know, started this podcast. I love it. I love this podcast. I love it because I'm able to, you know, besides this one, obviously I'm just talking to myself or talking to you, talking to a computer, looking out my window, but I love being able to talk to people who are passionate about animals and who could be inspirational for people looking to pursue that field. I love it. And so I have a, I, I just, I've really enjoyed doing these podcasts. And so 
I can't wait for 2018. We have some great guests lined up, some stuff I've actually already um, recorded. So I can't wait to do that. So once again, November is when I started the Animals to the Max podcast and also the Animals to the Max webisodes are completely different. Same title. I don't know. I thought they sounded cool. So once again, we started that. And so I appreciate all of you for listening, following along on this venture because I found I really, really enjoy doing this. And so, and then we're on to this month, December, New Year's Eve, last day of uh, 2017. Oh, look, I'm looking at the ugly Christmas sweater of a sloth I got. I thought it was cool. Apparently it's ugly. But, and also, oh, my dog Zoe and the, just the trees covered in snow and it's just beautiful. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I just, 2017, it went by so fast, but what, just what an incredible year the animal encounters, just the people I was able to meet, um, just and, and just these new ventures. That's what I'm like so excited about. I love the webisodes, but I would say this podcast is something I'm so excited about. I'm so happy that I discovered that in 2017, and I can't wait until 2018. I don't know if any of you are going to do resolutions. I think I am. Uh, of course, everyone says to lose weight, but I'm going to try to do that. <laughs> That's what everyone says, right? So if you see me at a Pizza Hut, don't say anything on uh, January 3rd. But uh, that was just a joke. But uh, I think I think my New Year's resolutions, I would love my first one. I want to, to at least release a new podcast, at least one every week. I would love to do that even more. I would love to get this podcast up. I would love to do that. Uh, a, a great goal. I mean, this is a, this is a you know, this is kind of a, a far outlandish goal. But you know what? who cares? Just throw it out there in the universe. I would love to get this maybe on, you know, the top iTunes, you know, podcast charts on, on, on iTunes. I don't think it's impossible folks. I was just talking. Someone told me that someone started a podcast. They only have three episodes and they were on the top like 100 iTunes podcast chart. So that would be incredible. I would love to do that. Um, let's see. Also 2018, I'd like to blog more. I know it's been, I'm going to be honest. It's just time consuming. It is just so, it's really time consuming. And people, I don't think people realize it unless you do a blog. It's really, you, you sit down, you put your ideas, you put your heart into something. And so I, but I, that's just an excuse. I have to sit down. I want to be able to, I, I at least want to blog at least once or twice a month. I think that's a goal. Uh, I'd also like to start a vlog. I think that would be interesting. Like a video log, maybe weekly on YouTube, just kind of to show people more of a raw behind the scenes of what every day is like when you work with animals because every day is different. And so I think I might want to do that. I look forward to the Today Show. Cannot wait to share some news with you all in 2018. Also, Late Night with Seth Meyers. I uh, hope to appear on there again. Uh, just like I said, that's always a fun show to do. And so I'm just really excited to see what 2018 has to offer. And I truly just sincerely thank every single one of you who have followed me on this journey uh, for those of you who followed me since I was 14 and you know I was just this little well, I wasn't little but I was a short chubby kid in a safari hat just dreaming of working with animals and presenting them on TV uh, for those of you following me since then or for just new followers who are listening to this podcast or who are you know started watching my webisodes thank you so much for all the support thank you for your comments it means everything to me and I just I'm just, I'm so excited to see what 2018 has to offer. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Happy New Year. Be safe. Uh, for those of you 
wanting to pursue a career working with animals or for, for any of you who have a dream 2008 you know for 2018 pursue it the sky is the limit i am living proof the sky is the limit i'm still i'm trying to pursue you know my own dreams and passions and but seriously um just continue to go for it i can definitely feel this is going to be great it's going to be a great year so thank you so much for listening and happy new year Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. Please make sure to hit subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps me out. I also encourage you to check out CorbinMaxi.com. You can contact me there personally, even suggest a podcast guest, or if you just want to learn more about animals.